Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of a conversation now with John Manley from the Irish News, political correspondent. Morning, John. Good morning, Frank. John, the SPADs, the special advisors to the ministers, they're being reined in to some extent. There was a bit of a cloud hanging over uh, some of them in more recent times, the RHI and all of that. People probably surprised at the amount of money they were on anyway. They, some of them were earning more than the, the minister that they were advising. You're, you're talking about money galloping towards 100 grand a year. That's true, Frank, that's true. But I suppose we, we may give a bit of context. Uh, SPADs maybe are an essential uh, part of any functioning democracy. Uh, you know, you get them in the US, in London. You know, famously, I suppose, unelected representatives would include Alistair Campbell and presently Donald Cummings, uh, uh, Dominic Cummings, for example. Uh, to Maybe to give, uh, I'm not going to attempt to justify those high salaries, but I suppose you could say that the, the, there isn't much longevity in a career as a SPAD, though it can lead to other opportunities elsewhere. So, you know, you, you're, the term that you're employed is reasonably quite short. But yes, for the best paid, it did go up to £92,000, but in this latest sort of, we'll not describe them as a raft of measures, but in these latest measures uh, unveiled yesterday by Conor Murphy, uh, there'll be a, now an 85000 cap on the salary. Whenever the executive was down, were the spads out of work? Yes. Yes, uh, we've seen a, a couple of uh, senior spads, for example, Richard Bullock, who was uh, an aide to Peter Robinson and then to Arlene Foster, which has gone to work in public affairs. Uh, it remains to be seen whether he returns to politics. Uh, Mark Mullen, another one, uh, close aide of, uh, in Sinn Féin and Martin McGuinness, I think he's gone off to be a fireman. Yeah, we should emphasise, of course, that there isn't universal criticism of every SPAD who's ever worked at Stormont. Many of them were doing a hard day's work for a decent day's pay. That's true, that's true. Yeah. And they, they help oil the wheels. You can't expect, I suppose, a minister to be across uh, every jot and tittle, shall we say, of their constituency work. Their, uh, their ministerial portfolio and in the meantime be uh, developing policy and discussing policy with other parties and different things. And as you, you know, in the Northern Ireland executive, there's an awful lot of negotiation goes on behind the scenes before something becomes public. You know, so they, they do fulfil uh, an important role.
Having said all of that, they've tended to be party men, haven't they, as opposed to civil servants, party men or party women, uh, as opposed to civil servants. They've got an affiliation or a lot of them have an association with the policies of the party that the minister comes from. Yes, yes, but that, that in many ways is the nature of the beast. You know, there's, as we know, there's no shortage of civil servants uh, in Northern Ireland. So, you know, the, the, you, a minister needs someone who will be a second set of eyes that they can trust. And inevitably that turns out to be someone who's, you know, ideology uh, and worldview chimes with their own so that that's, that, you know, that they will select someone who is a, probably most likely a party member. Sometimes there are exceptions and people bring particular areas of expertise, but generally it tends to be party people. They've now got to be more transparent than they were in the past with regards to the rules. Their salaries also coming down by about £7,000. They're not going to go, they're not going to go, you know, cap in hand for their next meal on 85 grand a year. So people won't have that much sympathy for them, but they've been very, very well paid in relation to the average wage in, in Northern Ireland. They are obviously very bright, intelligent and uh, erudite people to carry out let's not get, s- let's such not get a role. Away in our are they not as good as that? Are they not as good as that? <laughs> oh yes, yes they are. They do, they do have a, a certain skill set uh, that makes them makes them appropriate for the job. I'm, I'm just being facetious. Yes, and you yeah. talk about the... the I'm, try, the, I'm the, trying the to be fair. Yeah. I'm trying to be fair to them because everybody at Census Attack detests them. They think they're on the gravy train. And some of them in more recent times did have a question over just their approach. And uh, the RHI will reveal more when we have all the detail with regards to the inquiry. And because, because of that, people think gravy train and they see indeed these rules where you have to uh, declare any gifts that you might receive. You know, Lord, oh, you wouldn't be expecting people to be receiving gifts. No, no, and 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 I'm not sure. You know, there are. I think there are instances that have come to light of uh, people maybe being offered chickens at Christmas and different things. But I have to say, as a journalist, I was once offered a chicken by my park myself. I declined. I preferred to source mine uh, locally, uh, free range. But yes, I, I don't think they'd be inundated with gifts and hospitality. I find the most interesting aspect of that is that they must publish details of meetings with uh, lobbyists and outside organisations, which uh, I imagine won't go down well with those people, uh, those public affairs practitioners who uh, make money from uh, meeting and getting access to special advisors. And what's the, what, what's the advantage for the person getting the chat with the special advisor if he isn't getting an old nod and a wink? Uh, well, if you're not getting a nod and a wink, I don't know. But yes, you know, you're, you're, you're getting access to the heart of government, the people who can make things happen. Uh, you know, I, I'll not name any issues, you know, but necessarily. But, you know, the, the, you can see issues that are coming to the fore at the minute that uh, that certain lobby groups will be leaning on Stormont to try and get... Uh, to try and get 
see um, some change in the law, some tweak to the law. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's great advantage to be had by, you know, getting access to, to a SPAD. Whether that, that access will be as freely available now that they have to publish it is another thing. So the new code of conduct for these special advisors uh, includes how they are appointed. That has to be made public. The code states that the ministers are responsible for the management, conduct and discipline of the special advisors so they can't go off on a, a solo run. Uh, it sees the salaries capped as we've suggested at 85 grand. That's a cut of about 7,000. It also requires special advisors as you've suggested to keep good records and use official email accounts. You would expect them to do that wouldn't you? However, uh, they have to write yes, it down yes. and ensure that they do it. Um, they, they'll be required to publish their meetings with external organisations. The gifts and the hospitality have to be revealed and the code states there'll be an annual statement of cost of special advisors including any severance pay and that the salaries of those in the two highest pay bands will actually be published and Stormont ministers are currently in the process of appointing new special advisors, 16 in all in Northern Ireland. Now it sounds like as if the, the big spotlight is on them and the hand of control has been firmly placed on their shoulder but, 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 but Jim Allister who brought special advisors to our to our to our consciousness uh, you know whether you loathe or love Jim Allister it's irrelevant he really did he really did hound them and he's not overly happy with this oh no no Jim isn't uh, he um you know, Jim. Jim believes that this particular new code of conduct, and is in many ways a cop out because it lacks bite. You know, we don't. We we there have been code of conduct codes of conduct at Stormont before, but it's about oversight of those and enforcing them is the problem. You know that sometimes they're not worth the the, the paper they're written on, and uh, you know the, the proof of this particular pudding will be the, in the eating. Now that's to suggest that we need for a uh, a special advisor to do something uh, to some sort of rogue behaviour before that is exposed. But you know we'll see. Uh, there also is. I, I fear that there's an inadvertent problem, Frank, with all this, and and it applies to ministers as well. That the fact that there weren't controls, that, that we didn't have note-taking uh, minutes, and and the, the freedom of information was resisted, that enabled dormant to get on with its work last time unhindered and it's always, it's very possible that this new era of transparency and accountability under this things could just grind to a halt because they feel so constrained by having to be answerable at every turn and this you know one gives a distinct impression that this uh the, the, the urgency with which they acted in regards to this bad code of conduct, that somebody was leaning on them. And I, I suspect the British and Irish governments were saying, you know, you get this, you know, the, 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 the Stormont has had some very bad PR around SPADs. So the first thing you've got to do is get this resolved and uh, reinstate public confidence in the special advisor system. So the first thing you've got to do, if you want to see any of that money that was pledged uh, two weeks ago in the new decade, new approach deal, then you better get a SPADs code of conduct out there. Okay. John Manley from the Irish News, thank you very much. I mentioned Jim Allister. Let's speak to the leader of the TUV. Jim Allister, good morning. Good morning. The, the code of conduct, not enough for you? Well, let me remind you, we already have a code of conduct. In fact, it's, a, it's an interesting little sideline 
that it was my first special advisors bill which was passed which required a statutory provision for a code of conduct. And interestingly enough, Mr. Murphy and his Sinn Féin colleagues voted against that legislation and didn't want any of that. Uh, but we, we've had it. The problem is it's been demonstrated that a code in itself is not enough. And RHI demonstrated that. Codes of conduct require, for example, probity in public office. And yet we had the spectacle of a evidence revealing that a special advisor had been merely distributing confidential government matters to his family. And now the fact that that was able to happen demonstrated that a code of conduct in its own is not enough. It needs the backup bite of legislation to introduce penalties for breaches. And that's why, for example, the new bill that I'm bringing would have the penalty if someone did what was done on that occasion, apparently, and distributed confidential information to family or third parties, then it was something that would become a criminal offence and they could go to jail for it. Likewise, if someone used their private emails uh, and uh, electronic processes to bury things and to avoid using governmental, that would become a criminal offence uh, so that we can clean up government. Uh, to merely put all the do's and don'ts in a code without the enforceability of legislation is good as far as it goes, but not good enough. Do you... I think we're in a situation where we need the best. Do you think you can get your bill through? Well, that's entirely up to the MLAs. I think there's a public appetite and expectation. Uh, the public were greatly affronted and appalled by what they saw of the, how government was run through the RHI evidence. Uh, and I think there's an expectation that the mess will be cleaned up. Now, uh, therefore, I believe there's a public appetite for legislative change. Uh, are MLAs in tune with that? I hope so. I don't see anything in my bill that no, that any MLA should be fearful of. It merely brings the accountability that the public would expect and gives it the backup bite to make it enforceable. So we will see at the second reading of the bill whether or not it goes any further. It could be killed off by vested interests who don't want really, who, who want platitudes about accountability but don't want reality about accountability and that will be the test of the second stage vote in, in a few weeks time on my bill and let's see where each MLA stands in that. Do you think they're overpaid? I do. I think in a situation where MLAs were being paid more than some of the ministers they served or had that ability uh, to be paid more was unconscionable. Yeah, the spads, uh, the spads. The spads, yes, the spads were paid more than ministers in some cases. I think that was unconscionable. I think the number of spads, which which hasn't been addressed by Mr. Murphy, is quite appalling. You know, we the special the first ministers have eight special advisors. That's the same as the entire Welsh government. Well, why should our first ministers need the same number of special advisors as a whole government in Wales? So I think that needs to be reduced, and I'm proposing we reduce that from eight to four. I think special advisors need to be brought under the disciplinary code of the uh, civil service. They are civil servants. They enjoy all the privileges of the civil service, and yet they are exempt from the disciplinary code of the civil service, and indeed under the code of conduct that uh, Mr. Murphy wants to amend, they still wouldn't be subject 
to the disciplinary code of the civil service. They would only be subject to the discipline of their minister. Well, what use is that if they're appointed by the minister uh, and the minister then is the sole person with responsibility for, for them if anything goes wrong? Whereas if they're civil servants, they should be under the disciplinary code of the civil service. And that's part of my bill uh, and something which I'll be pushing very hard. So I think that, you know, the, the code, so far as it goes, is a acceptable, except that it doesn't have the backup bite that legislation would give it. Let, let me say one other thing. I was disappointed in one thing that Mr. Murphy uh, uh, announced, and that was he, in fact, is going to diminish the the standards in the Code of Appointments. The Code of Appointments at the moment says that a minister in choosing a special advisor must, cho- must choose from a pool of candidates. He must consider the, the available talent and make a, a rational choice. Uh, Mr. Murphy proposes to remove the pool of candidates requirement. Uh, that, I think, is a retrograde step. Now, we do recall, of course, that it was defied from the evidence of Jonathan Bell. Uh, he didn't consider a pool of candidates because he said the process in the DUP was that you were simply told from on high who your SPAD would be, and you had no choice in it. Uh, well, it seems to be that Murphy has now uh, said that's okay, and that's what he's going to go back to. I don't think that is okay. I think that the uh, Code of Appointments should require selection from a pool of candidates, uh, because these are a significant posts, well paid, and they perform or can perform an important role, and I don't think they just should be for party lackeys or hacks or friends of the minister. I think they they need to be opened up a bit. Having said that, they are going to have to inform us as to how the appointment was made. Well, are they? They're going to have to inform us that they've appointed Mr. A or Mrs. or Mrs. B. But are they going to have to tell us that they they considered A, B, C, D, and E uh, and decided that A was best? I don't think they are. I think that provision has been removed, uh, and I don't think that's healthy. Uh, and I think that you know uh, the public expectation is for transparency. If you remove a measure of transparency, then you're you're not providing that which is expected. Well, it says that new code of conduct for Stormont Special Advisors uh, will insist on how the appointment has been made. That will be made public. We'll have to see how that manifests itself. Do do, do, do you accept there, with the ministers so busy and so far behind in the work that was missed out on in the last three years, that actually the SPAD is vitally important to get the country moving? Well, I, I think I think there's a role for SPADs, whatever the cir- circumstances, because, you know, a special advisor, I think the key's in the, in the title, special advisor, that conveys to me there should be some sort of specialist knowledge about the discipline that the ministry uh, that the minister the ministry deals with. For example, in health, I would have thought you'd expect the special advisor to have some expertise in health matters and finance, some expertise in finance. That's not how it has been in the main. Uh, yes, some of them are talented, skilled. Some of them, I'd have to say, have been put there, it seems to me, looking in from the outside uh, because of who they were uh, and what they'd done for the, the respective parties in times past. Uh, you know, I remind you, this whole controversy began when Cara McQuillian uh, appointed her cellmate, as it were, from the prison 
as a special advisor. Uh, and uh, where was the expertise? Where was the speciality uh, in any of that to do with the subject matter of the ministry? There wasn't. Uh, that you know, for years we had a special advisor in finance who seemed to me to have no specific specialist knowledge in that. I don't think that's good enough. I think if we're to have special advisors, they should have some uh, specialist knowledge. Fair enough that they share the minister's worldview. That's okay, but uh, I think they should come. They should be bringing something to the table. Uh, more than simply being on eyes and ears for the minister. Okay, uh, uh, Jim Allister, thank you very much. Jim Allister, leader of the, the TUV, if Carolyn Cullen was with us, I'm sure she would uh, argue that the colleague that she uh, put in post had additional skills to bring to the job. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.